Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. I want to go ahead and get right into scripture tonight. Uh, for those that are watching online, thank you so much for joining us. Maybe people are going to be listening to this message later on the podcast. I hope that this encourages you and inspires you. And uh, before we stand up in reading of God's word, I want to go ahead. I want you to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 1 through 6. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 1 through 6. And before I read this, before you read it on the screen, I want to lay a foundation and give you guys a little bit of context about what's happening in this scripture because I think it helps us appreciate and value scripture whenever we understand it. And I, I encourage you guys, don't, don't uh, be distracted or uh, really focus on the word of God tonight. Because I believe that the word of God, whenever we read scripture, it is so powerful. And that is so life-changing. Amen? Amen. Well, I love the book of Deuteronomy. <laughs> Deuteronomy is actually Moses' final address to the nation of Israel before he dies and before the nation enters into the promised land. Deuteronomy in the Hebrew actually stands for and means the second law because this is Moses' second time declaring and proclaiming the law, the commandments that God had given the nation of Israel. He's proclaiming and he's telling them about the law, reminding them of the law because he's preparing them to enter into the promised land. And I want to paint a clear picture about what's happening in the scripture. And they put the scripture title up there already, Change of Heart. There you go. But what's happening in Deuteronomy chapter 31, and in the whole book of Deuteronomy, Moses talking to the nation of Israel. And imagine this. They're on the edge of the promised land. They're on the edge of the promised land. They're, they're actually in the plain of Moab. Uh, they're overlooking the Jordan River. And the whole nation of Israel, they're about to go into the promised land that God had promised them. And they've been waiting for this moment for over 40 years. That's a long time, right? They've been waiting for this moment for over 40 years. And this isn't like a small group of people. This is a lot of people. You know, uh, in fact, there's, there's over, an estimated over 2 million Israelites during this time. And what Moses does is he reminds them of God's faith, faithfulness. He, he, he tells them about God's provision for the future. And then he also reminds them of God's commandments. And not only that, but he also instates Joshua. You know Joshua, right? He instates Joshua as the new leader for the nation of Israel. I know I'm taking a little bit of time, but I'm trying to build a foundation for us to understand what's going on. He actually instates Joshua as the new leader for the nation of Israel. Because God would not allow Moses, we know the story, right? God wouldn't allow Moses and his generation to enter into the promised land because of their disobedience unto God. Like, this is the brave heart. You've seen Braveheart before? This is the Braveheart movie uh, speech that Mel, Gibbs, Mel Gibson gave to the whole army before they went into battle, right? He's like, you guys got this. But remember God's commandments. You know that God is good. You know, he, he defeated uh, other nations in the past in the same way that he defeated the nations in the past is the same way that he's going to defeat the nations uh, whenever you guys enter into the promised land. But I can't go with you guys. And if we read Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 1 through 6, you guys following me tonight? All right. 
Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 1 through 6 says this. And then Moses went out and spoke these words to all, to all of Israel. I, I, this is Moses talking. I am now 120 years old. Say that's old. And I am no longer able to lead you. The Lord has said to me, you shall not cross the Jordan. The Lord your God will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy. I love this so much. He says, the Lord your God himself, say my God, will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you. And you will take the possession, you will take possession of their land. I want to pause right here for a second. Moses tells the nation of Israel that before they even step foot into the promised land as a whole, that God has already went into the promised land. <clears throat> he has already went into the promised land. Jesus in the Bible is called a good shepherd, right? You mean to tell you why he's a good shepherd? Here's one thing about shepherds, and especially good shepherds. Shepherds don't stand in the back of the flock and push and shove the flock of sheep forward, not knowing what's ahead and endangering them. A good shepherd leads the way in the very forefront of everything and wards off any enemies, any opposition, and he prepares a way for the sheep. I just want to let you know tonight, come on, that God has already been into, into 2019. He's been in 2020. God knows the future. He is the beginning and the end. And guess what? You're going to be just fine because God is not a God that leaves you behind. He actually goes ahead. He's got your front. He's got your back. He's got you all around. Anybody thankful for that tonight? Come on. You don't need to give God praise. He goes ahead of you. And it says this, as the Lord said, and the Lord will do to them what he did to Sion and Og, the kings of the Amorites, whom he destroyed along with their land. And I love that too. I want to pause right here for a second. Because Moses, before they could ever enter into the promised land, they had to fight some battles and uh, fight some enemies on the outskirts of the promised land. Sion and Og, those are the two nations, the two kingdoms that they had to fight off. And I like to look into the literary context and see what those words mean. And Sion actually means rooting out, and Og actually means giants. Did God root any giants out of your life in 2018? Am I the only one that I had some giants ahead of me? I said, you know, because here's, here's one thing. You, you got to fight for your promise, right? And so you got to fight in your promise, too, as well. I believe that. But guess what? The same way that God defeated the giants in 2018, Karen, is the same way that God's going to defeat the giants in 2019. Because we serve a God that is good, that has never lost a battle. Amen? Yeah. See, sometimes God puts a giant in front of you so that way you can find the David that's inside of you. Amen? Come on. <clears throat> the Lord will deliver them to you and you must do to them. This is just the, the chips and salsa, guys. We're not even in the meat yet. Let's do it. The Lord will deliver them to you, and you must do to them all that I have commanded to you. Be strong and courageous. Say, be strong. And do not be afraid or terrified. I love this. Because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you, and he will never leave you or forsake you. Then right before this, because I wanted to tie this in right here, before he tells them this epic speech, he tells them this in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 6. It says this, it says, the Lord your God will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your descendants so that way you may love him with all your heart and with all your soul and live. Then if you go down a little bit more in Deuteronomy chapter 
30, verse 9 through 10. Please pay attention to this. Then it says this. The Lord your God will make you most prosperous in all the work of your hands and in the fruit of your womb, the, the young of your livestock and the crops of your land. The Lord again will, will again delight in you and make you prosperous, just as he delighted in your ancestors. If you obey, pay attention to this, if you obey the Lord God and keep his commandments and his decrees that are written in the book of the law and turn to the Lord your God with all your what? Turn to the Lord God with all your heart and with all your soul. My sermon title tonight is Change of Heart. Change of Heart. If there's one thing that has to change whenever you step into 2019, it's got to be your heart. Let's pray. God, we thank you, Lord, for tonight. We thank you, Lord, for the people that are here, the people that are watching online, the people that are going to be listening to this later, God. We believe, God, that you are good, that you are real, that you're always on time, that you've never lost a battle, that you are amazing, God. And we praise you and worship you tonight, God. Have your way. Let us walk out different than the way that we came in. In Jesus' name, and everybody said? Amen. Amen. And we didn't even stand up in the reading of God's word. I apologize about that. I'm trying to build that culture. I forgot to tell you guys to stand back up. It's all good. Um, <clears throat> you know, I was thinking this past week, you know, wouldn't it just be awesome if, like, all appliances and all electronics and all utilities and uh, our vehicles uh, work the way that they're supposed to work forever, right? Like, wouldn't that be awesome, right? Like, things didn't break down. Things didn't mess up. You know, recently at, at the Rivera house, we had a predicament where our clogs became dra uh, our, our, our drains, other way around, switch, rewind. The drains at our house became clogged, and water was coming out of places that water shouldn't be coming out of. And me and my dad were trying to figure out what's going on, right? Uh, so we went ahead and we tried to find out what the issue was with the water and the drainage and, and the pipes and everything. And we just couldn't figure out what was going on. And I can't tell you how many times, every time that me and my dad have a project that we work on together, I always end up accidentally hurting my dad. Like I drop a hammer on him or do something. I'm just like, he calls me Inspector Crusoe, you know what I mean, off of Pink Panther, the one that always accidentally messes up because I hurt him. And, and, and we got to a point where we couldn't fix the issue, and we said, you know, we're going to have to call on somebody that knows what they're doing and that can find the issue. we got to bring in a professional. So we called my friend Wayne, Wayne Stephen. He goes to this church. He is awesome, and he used to be a plumber. So we called Wayne, and I think we need to show some gratitude to every electrician, every technician, every plumber, every mechanic, every dad out there that's a handyman. CC, I'm talking to you, man. Every person in here. I mean, like, I'm telling you, man, like, the, the shout out to all the people that know how to fix things whenever we have no idea what we're doing, right? And, and my friend Wayne, he came over. And we're trying to figure out what the issue was. Me and my dad did, did a couple things, and it worked for a little bit, and then it got clogged up again. We're like, what's going on? Wayne came over. He, 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 got, he, got, he was able to get to some pipes that we weren't able to get access to. And he said, Caleb, I found the issue. I found the issue. And I was like, that was quick. Like, what, what's the issue? He said, I want you to come over here and, and take a look. So I said, okay. So I, I looked down the pipe. And as I looked down the pipe, would you believe, to my surprise, I saw roots in the pipes. I said, where'd that come from? He said, Caleb, the tree that's in the front yard grew roots that went into, and not just into, but through the metal pipes, and they were causing 
the drainage and everything to be clogged up. And we couldn't get stuff to flush. We couldn't get stuff to go down certain areas like it was supposed to go down. It was just bad. It was nasty, okay, guys? No, we're in church. But you know what I mean? Like sometimes you just don't know what you have until it's gone, amen? I'm thankful for running water. I'm thankful for a sewage system. I'm thankful for electricity, everything. I'm so blessed to live in America, and we have people like Wayne that we can call on, right? But it got me thinking, you know, like, like true change only occurs when you deal with the root issue. True change will only occur when you get to the root. Because I believe that some of us in this place are needing a change in our lives. Some of us in this place are needing a change in our lives. We're needing a career change. We're needing a financial change. We're needing an emotional change. Maybe you need a change in your diet. Maybe you need a change in your attitude. Maybe you need a change in your habits and what's going on in your life. Anybody in this place just need change? Is it just me? I need change in my life. I want change in my life. Change for the good. And going into 2019, this is such a perfect opportunity to change because what I've realized and what I've noticed is that people, they get so motivated, especially going into a new year, they decide to make resolutions, to make goals, and start to, you know, uh, set some standards and try to make some change. And one thing I've realized in my life is that motivation can only take you so far. Motivation can take you, only take you so far. That if I want to see true, long, like true, long-lasting change in my life, I got to deal with the root. Amen? If I want to see true, long-lasting change in my life, I got to deal with the root. And you don't have to wait for a new year to change. You can change anytime and anywhere. Amen? <clears throat> see, everyone has a root. Everyone has a root where everything else stems from. Uh, what, what is the root of change? Can I tell you tonight? It's going to be the heart. The heart is the root of true change in your life. See, just like the roots that went into our drainage system, into the pipes, we overlooked it because we didn't see it because it was unseen. Until we uncovered it, we found the issue. And if you're not careful in your life, you will undervalue and you will overlook the unseen part of your life and that is the heart. That's the heart. See, the Bible mentions the heart almost a thousand times. It mentions the heart almost a thousand times. And in essence, this is what the Bible says about the heart. The heart is the spiritual, for all the note takers, the, the heart is the spiritual part of ourselves. It's the spiritual part of ourselves where our emotions, where our desires where our souls dwell. That is what the heart is. See, when the Bible mentions the heart, it's not referring to the physical pump in our chest as much as it is referring to the core of who we are, the values that drive us. See, the heart is the source of everything that you do. See, your heart overflows into your thoughts, it overflows into your actions, it overflows into your attitude. And if you want to see change in your life, if you want to see true change in your life, because I, I don't know about you, but I, I want to see change uh, around my life. I want to see change in my family's life for the good, to love God more in 2019, to see God's promises fulfilled in 2019, to receive everything that God has for me in 2019. And I just want to let somebody in this place know tonight that if you want to change what's happening around you, 
Start by changing what's happening within you. If you want to change what's happening around your life, start changing what's happening within your life because it's so important to note that everything flows from the heart. And that's my first point. Everything flows from the heart. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says this. It says, above all else. Say, above all else. Guard your heart. Everything you do flows from it. King Solomon wrote a majority of the Proverbs. King Solomon was known as the wisest man who ever lived. And what he says in the scripture, he says, above all else, above everything that I said, I just want to let you know, you need to guard your heart. You know, I, I had a man, man of God that I trust, you know, speaking to my life whenever I first got into, you know, ministry, you know, started the student ministry, uh, became the leader over my student ministry, you know, a couple years ago. And I'm so thankful for the opportunity to be able to do that and still be able to do that. I love what I get to do. I think I have the best job, you know, in the world, man, to calling. It's awesome. And, um, you know, the, you know, I asked him, you know, he, 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 I said, what advice would you give me? Because he's been in ministry for a while. And he said, Caleb, the key to your ministry is going to be your heart. The key to your ministry is going to be your heart. Keep it pure. Guard your heart. And it makes sense because the reality is everything in your life flows from your heart. Everything in your life flows from your heart. Before it came out of your mouth, it was in your heart. Before you showed it and you displayed it with your actions, it was resting in your heart. The Bible says that from the heart, what? The mouth speaks. So the truth is, people don't have a mouth issue or a word issue. It's deeper than that. It's going to be a heart issue. You get what I'm saying tonight? It's not a mouth issue. It's not a, a word issue. It's a heart issue. See, what is the state of your heart tonight? Like, if you had to see your heart, the core of who you are, your, your true self, what would it look like? Let me tell you, that's awesome, man. That's what we're all aiming for right there. But if you want to look at the state of your heart, let me tell you a tip. Look at the flow of your actions. You want to look at the state of your heart? Start watching the flow of your actions. Have, have you ever done something that just surprised you? Like you surprised yourself, you shocked yourself. You're like, where did that come from? Like I haven't said that in such a long time. Or you did something like, where did that come from? Like why did I do that? How could I do something so stupid, so dumb? Or, you know, am I the only one? I've done some stupid stuff in the past. Even whenever I said yes to Jesus, and I'm so thankful for a God that lifts me up and that forgives me. But I'm telling you tonight, every person has fallen short of the standard and the, and the glory uh, of God. And we've all messed up. We've all made mistakes. But the truth is we have to understand that the heart in, in its carnal state is deceitful. The heart in its carnal state is, is deceitful. The nature of man is sin, right? And the truth is, you can look really good on the outside. You can look really great on the outside. You can have a really nice car. You can have really nice clothes. You can have a really nice house. You can have millions of dollars in your bank account. You can have a six-pack. You can have the biceps that you've been wanting. You can have the figure that you've been aiming towards, but you can still be empty and dead on the inside. Because an unhealthy heart produces an unhealthy life. 
Why do you think, oh, I'm preaching tonight, man. I'm telling you, I feel the presence of God right now so strong, man. Why do you think that there's millionaires and people that got everything that their hearts could desire and they still feel, feel, feel empty inside and, they, and they, they commit suicide and there's people and here's the thing, here's the trap right here. Here's the trap. You're going to want one thing after another thing. You're going to say, okay, once I get that, it's going to fulfill me. It's going to satisfy me. Satisfy me. You get that thing and you feel empty. Like, okay, I need to get something else and you're going to be chasing after so many different things because the truth is you can have everything and you still feel depressed. You can still feel lonely. Uh, you can still feel like you don't have enough. You need to f- go to Jesus. You need to go to Jesus because he's the only one that can truly satisfy your soul. I believe that with all my heart. See, if your heart isn't healthy, it threatens everything else. Your family, your friends, your career, and everything. See, remember, remember before Moses closes the speech that he gave in the book of Deuteronomy, he tells the nation that the Lord will circumcise their hearts, the Lord will circumcise their hearts so that way they could love God. What is, what is a circumcised heart? A circumcised heart simply means to have a heart that's separated unto God. Having a heart that is pure. And Moses even tells them, he says, turn to the Lord, your God, with what? All of your heart. Why does the Bible talk about the heart so much? Why does it mention it almost a thousand times? Why does Moses say, you know, turn to the Lord God with all your heart? Why does God put so much emphasis on the heart? Because God knows that if he can change your heart, he can change everything else. If God can change your heart, he can change everything else. And before God could take them into the next land, he had to give them a new heart. Please hear me clearly. Before God could take them into the next land, he had to give them a new heart. I just want to tell somebody in this place tonight, can I be your Moses for a second? Is that cool? You can't afford to go into 2019 the same way that you went into 2018. That every next level of your life will demand a next level version of you, and that's going to be your heart. And guess what? Jesus is the only one who can change your heart. I don't know about you, but I don't want to stay at the same level in my life. I want to keep on going towards what God has for me. I want to receive every, I mean, do do you really believe in this Jesus thing? Do you really believe in this God thing? It's not over until we're dead. We're going to be reaching out to as many people as we can. We're going to grow the church as, as big as we can to reach out and see people's lives change. Why? Because it's all for Jesus. You can't afford to enter into 2019 the same way you went into 2018. We must allow God to move in our hearts. Here's my second point tonight. Only God can give you a new heart. Only God can give you a new heart. There's no self-help program out there that can give you a new heart, like a brand new heart, a heart that's living. There's no self-help program out there Because Jesus didn't die for behavior modification. Jesus died for heart transformation. He didn't die for behavior modification. He died for heart transformation because God knows that if he can get to your heart, he can change everything else and he can change your behavior. He can change your attitude. Jesus is after your heart tonight. I want to let you know that tonight. Jesus is after your heart tonight. 
And God is the only one who can change your heart. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26 says this. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 36 says this. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I love that, man. That's so awesome. What the scripture simply means is that God can take our heart that is hardened by sin and he can replace it with the heart that is soft, that is tender, and that is sanctified. See, our hearts are deceitful by nature and God is the only one who can change our heart. God is the only one who can change our heart and that's what he did with the nation of Israel. That's what he had to do to the nation of Israel before they went into the promised land. He had to change their hearts. And get this. It should have only taken 11 days for the nation of Israel to reach the promised land from Egypt. But it took over 40 years. What's up with that, man? Because I think that's one reason, right? You know, because he brought them out of Egypt, but he still had to get the Egypt out of them, right? <clears throat> They've been in the same situation for 40 years. You may be saying to yourself, like, I'm in the same place that I've been in for such a long time. Like, like I know that God has so much more for me. I received that word from God. I, I want to go where God's called me to go. I, I want to do what God's called me to do. What's holding me back right now? Like, I, I know that, you know, I'm, post, I'm trying to get to my promised land. Like, what's up, man? Like, what, what's up, God? Why am I still here? Could it be tonight that God hasn't changed your situation because he first wants to change your heart? I feel the presence of God. Maybe God hasn't changed your situation because he's waiting for you to change your heart. And maybe you're in this place tonight and you're saying, Caleb, you're, 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 I like your little motivational speech. Yes, you know, there's going to be blessings. There's going to be prosperity in 2019. I've already heard it. It sounds kind of cliche, you know, stepping into a season of transition where I get to go into 2019. But the truth is, <clears throat> I think things are going to be the same for me in 2019. I think I'm going to have the same job, uh, the same income, the same friends, the same attitude, the same thing. I'm content with where I'm at. I'm complacent. I want to let you know tonight that complacency is the enemy of destiny. And maybe the reason that your circumstance hasn't changed is because you haven't allowed God to circumcise your heart. Maybe that's the reason that you're in the same circumstance for years and years and years because you haven't truly given your heart to God. But I speak in the name of Jesus that tonight is the night where you get real with God. You stop playing games with God. Stop playing church games with God. And you say, God, this is the real deal. I'm going to get real with you. I'm not perfect. I may have messed up right here and there, but I know that you're not looking for perfection. You're looking for persistence. So every time that I fall down, I'm going to get right back up, and I'm going to follow after you. If I can't get to you by running, I'm going to walk to you. If I can't get to you by walking, I'm going to crawl to you. If I can't get to you by crawling, I'm going to call somebody up that I can call them and say, hey, I need you to take me to Jesus. I just need God. I just need a heart change tonight. Come on, is there anybody in this place that wants to see God do everything that, that he wants to do in your life? Come on. I feel God's presence. See, having a heart that's circumcised unto God simply means to have a heart that's pure and separated unto God. 
See, I think sometimes, because we want to get out of things so much, right? We want to get out of this hard situation. We want to get out of a challenge. But I think sometimes we need to start telling God or start asking God instead of, you know, change me instead of change it. Change me, God. I'll stay here however long you need me to stay here. I'll do whatever you need me to do. I'll, I'll go wherever you want me to go. But I, I just want you to change me. I need change in my life. See, when we surrender our hearts to God, God can elevate, promote, and launch you into your promised land. So how do we give our hearts to God? How do we give our hearts to God? I want to show you guys an example real quick. If Alex can bring that up, please. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Because if I ask Christians nowadays, you know, have you given your life to Jesus, or, or do you love God with all your heart? If I had to ask you this question, what, what would you respond by saying? Most people would say, yeah, I love God with all my heart, right? I love God with all my heart. But what does that look like, right? This right here, obviously, this is your heart. This is the core of your being. This, this is your desires. This is your emotions. This is your soul. Like, what does it look like to you know, give God all of our heart, because I think a lot of times we say, God, you know, I'm going to give you all my heart, but wait a second, okay, wait a second, you know, because the scripture says that where your treasure is, your heart will be also, right? So we got finances, and we're holding back our tithes, we're holding back our offerings, we're holding back our generosity, because the reality is the church isn't after your money, the real thing is, the truth is that God is after your heart, and everything belongs to God to begin with, and the best way to get rid of greed and selfishness is to give. I believe that. Give to God. Put God first. I'm not getting a whole bunch of amens right now in this moment. I know we're talking about money and stuff. But we have money. We have things in our lives that we hold on to. We say, okay, God, I'm going to give you my heart, but hold up a second. I'm going to take this little piece off real quick. And then we have re relationships in our life. Maybe the wrong, toxic relationships that are pulling you away from God that are actually stumbling blocks for you in your life, and they're holding you back. And you say, God, I'm going to give you all my heart, but wait. I got, I'm going to do this. You give it to those people. And maybe you got your career. Maybe you're going to college. Uh, maybe you're following after the dream that God put on your Maybe you're following after your own dreams, whatever may be going on. Maybe, you, maybe you're climbing up the corporate ladder you're just thinking to yourself, I just got my work, I got my job, I got to provide a living for my family, uh, I got to get to the top, I, I, I got I to succeed, I got to grow, I got to do that, me, 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 my career, my career, my career. And we take off more of our heart. And then maybe you got yourself, because I think our greatest competition is just ourselves, man. I got my time, you know, I got my things. You know, I, I got my plan. I, I got this going on, me, me, me. We live in the generation of selfie, right? Me, me, me. We got ourselves. We throw another piece down. And then we have bad habits. Maybe we have some things in our lives that are secret that nobody else even knows about. It's easy to come to church. It's easy to act like everything's fine. But there's something going on deep down in your heart that, only you and God know about. And you have some bad habits. And you tear another piece off. 
And then what we're left with is this right here. We're left with this little piece left after all these things that come into our lives, right? Because it's hard living for Jesus sometimes. I'm going to tell you that right now. It's not always going to be easy, but we have to present ourselves living sacrifices unto God, right? And what happens is we, we go through life, and we, we, we can quote Scripture, that love the Lord your God, you know, with, with all your heart, right? We can quote it, but in reality, our heart just looks like this. And we say, God, you can have my heart. But God said, no, I, I, just, I, I don't want 10% of you. I don't want 2% of you. I, I don't want a piece of you. I want all of you. All that God wants is all of you. Think about that. The God of the universe the God who created the heavens and the earth, Jesus, he, he's, he doesn't need us. Like he, he'll be, God is God all by himself. I'm telling you that right now. God is God all by himself. But guess what? He chooses to come near us. That's the gospel message. That It's not about man getting to God. It's all about God coming to man. Grace is not about achieving Grace is about receiving, and Jesus chases after us, and all he wants is, is our hearts. It says in Scripture, Moses said, love the Lord, your God, with all your heart. All I'm saying tonight is this. Put God first. Put God first. And maybe you're in this place tonight, and I'm closing, but maybe you're in this place tonight, and maybe you've just been through life. You, you've been through so many different things. You ever felt like your heart was just ripped outside of your chest? Like may, maybe you're in this place and you're going from relationship to relationship and you're, you're not being satisfied, you're not being fulfilled. Maybe people have disappointed you. Maybe you've even disappointed yourself. Maybe you feel like you can't go a step further. Maybe, maybe you just feel like you have a broken heart that's torn in pieces. I'm going to tell, tell you right now that we serve a God that has a PhD in healing and mending broken hearts. And all we got to do, no matter where you're at, maybe, in, maybe right now, and, and right now at the beginning of 2019, you feel like this, right? You feel the motivation, right? You feel good. God, I give you all my heart, but maybe you're going to go through, you're going to go through 2019. Someone's going to betray you. You gave your heart to them. Someone's going to abandon you. You're going to sin again and again. You're going to feel like you're trapped. Feel like there's no hope. You just feel like people are taken away from you. You're taken away from yourself. And maybe you just feel like this. You're, you feel like your heart's just scattered all over the place. And you're like, what do I do with this mess? I've learned that my God can turn a great mess into greatness. <laughs> My God can turn a great mess into greatness, and this is all you got to do. This is all you got to do, man. Am I the only one that's had a broken heart in my life, man? I've had a broken heart in my life, man. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I don't know if God could forgive me, but just pick up the pieces. Pick up everything. Pick it all up and just give it to God. Just give it to God. That's all you got to do. Just give it to God. 
The only one who can satisfy the human heart is the one who created the human heart. We have a universe-sized hole in our soul, and we have to come to realization and revelation that if we have Jesus, we have everything that we need. And God is the only one that can truly change your heart. The scripture says, if you're in Christ, you are a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. He takes you. When you're red, when your skin, when your sin is red as scarlet and he makes it white as snow. God takes your sin and he casts it as far as the east is from the west. God takes everything. He takes all your brokenness. He takes all your pieces and he can give you a brand new heart tonight. This is how we should start 2019. This is how we should go through 2019. This is how we should end 2019 with the heart of gratitude focused on Jesus saying, Jesus, I give you everything. No restrictions, no limits. You want me to quit the job? I'll quit the job. Uh, You want me to do that? I'll do that. You want me to serve? I'll serve. You want me to give? I give. Why? Because I want you to have all of me, every single piece of my life. God is after your heart tonight. Can we stand to our feet? I feel God's presence, man. You want to know how I can tell if someone loves the Lord with all, with all their heart? I look at the fruit that follows. Look at the fruit that follows. Because as you love God more, you'll begin to love more. Whenever your vertical relationship with God prospers, your horizontal relationships in your life will prosper. I believe that. And here's my conclusion right here. A better heart attracts a better next. A better heart attracts a better next. And I feel, I feel so led to do this right now. Maybe you're in this place, and maybe nobody's going to come up. Maybe one person's going to come up. Maybe 10 people are going to come up. Maybe you're in this place, and maybe you felt like, you know, like we just showed you a second ago, your heart's all over the place Maybe you feel like somebody stole your heart. Let me tell you, you can trust in Jesus. We're so quick to give our hearts out to so many different things, so many people, so many different relationships. Why don't you give God a chance and give him your heart? Because he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never fail you. God is always with you. God will always love you. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, period. Our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at clcvictoria and download our app.